Well, welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Thursday morning headlines. Family and close friends said their final goodbyes to former First Lady Rosalind Carter. Former President Carter, who's been in hospice care, attending that service. And following the funeral, the former First Lady was laid to rest at a private graveside ceremony. Thousands of auto workers are now moving to unionize following the success of the UAW and securing large pay raises and improved benefits. The United Auto Workers Union said their simultaneous push covers BMW, Honda, Hyundai, Lucid, Mazda, Mercedes-Benz, Nissan, Tesla, and some other makers, including Volvo. Tesla's Cybertrucks officially hit the road later today. The first truck deliveries being sent out. There's an event at the factory here in Austin allowing a select few to pick up their truck in person. Well, let's hope that that truck is able to manage some of the wet roads that we're seeing out there. Severe weather is expected in some parts of Texas in our area. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. I'm Sally Atlantis. And I'm Tom Miller. Governor Greg Abbott said the state is ready to swiftly respond with emergency resources. And joining us to break down what we can expect here in Central Texas yeah. is Nick Bannon. I think for the most part, it is not going to be a big severe weather day for us here today. But a couple of factors are... Uh, there in place that we're watching that may lead to a brief tornado. So let's update you on what's changed since this time yesterday. The severe weather threat has shifted farther to the east, but notice still parts of Fayette and Lee County are at a level three out of five severe weather risk here today. And the primary concern is for a brief spin up tornado. Generally, our eastern counties uh, much more at risk for this than the Austin Metro. There's still a very, very low chance for a severe storm in the Metro, but I think our eastern counties uh, and closer to the Houston area will be the primary focus. Most of you don't even get storms today. You just get drizzle and showers. It's drizzling now uh, and lightly raining now in South Austin at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. And you can see some of the very light green showing up on the map. And they'll be on and off drizzle and showers here through the morning. We're not even seeing any lightning out there. So for many of you, you're wondering, okay, there's a tornado threat. There's a level three out of five severe weather threat for some, but you may not get a storm today. That's just the way this type of day is going to go. Temperatures outside now are in the upper 50s to near 60. We also have some low visibility in spots with uh, visibility down to about a mile or two in a few areas of the metro and into our eastern county. So it's a damp start to the morning. Drizzle and rain chances at about 60% at 6, dropping to 50% at 8, 40% at 10. But our chances for thunderstorms, albeit isolated, do go up. So here's what we'll keep watching. Today's shower and storms. We'll time those out. We'll update the severe weather risk and show you a warmer and drier pattern ahead. Tom. Thank you, Nick. The ceasefire in Gaza has been extended for another day as Israel and Hamas continue to exchange hostages and prisoners. NBC's Richard Engel is overseas tracking this change. Hamas has released another American hostage, an Israeli-American, a 49-year-old woman, a mother of three. She was taken from her home on a kibbutz right on the Gaza border. Her husband was with her at the time, left the house, tried to fight off the Hamas attackers. Both of them were kidnapped. He remains in Gaza. I'll have a full story coming up on the Today Show. Thank you, Richard. The National Transportation Safety Board is continuing to investigate a close call between two planes at Austin's airport. This is in February. A FedEx plane was landing as a Southwest Airlines passenger plane was taking off. We are learning new details after a very lengthy report. A more than 3,000 page report was just released, including 
some of the interviews with the pilots and the air traffic control staff. Here's what we know. The investigation is looking at a number of factors that could have caused that near collision. Things like what was the weather, training for the crews involved, the sleep schedules, clearance from the air traffic controller. The NTSB went over everything it could do to determine what happened. Let's look at this further. According to air traffic controllers, they were above the fog at the tower level, which is 300 feet. So they had some visibility above, but were unable to see the ground due to the fog below. A review of air traffic control audio recordings show that at 6.34 in the morning, the pilots of that FedEx plane told the tower they were inbound. Controller provided the pilots with what are known as the runway visual range values and cleared them to land. That report also says then at 6.38, four minutes later, the Southwest crew checked in with the controller and indicated they were holding short of runway 18L, ready for takeoff. Controller advised them that a FedEx flight was on a three-mile final approach and issued them takeoff clearance. At some point, the FedEx crew saw the Southwest plane and pulled away. In an interview with the FedEx crew, one member stated, quote, I saw a light and the silhouette of an airplane through the fog. Going in depth here, Austin's airport is dealing with a shortage in air traffic controllers. Back in October, the FAA told KXAN the AUS tower is authorized to staff 42 controllers. But as of earlier this month, there were only 35. There are talks of a border deal in the Senate, but it's hitting a stalemate this morning. Republicans are demanding tougher border security policies in exchange for their support for President Biden's $106 billion supplemental funding request. That does include aid for Ukraine and Israel. But Democrats say Republicans' demands are unreasonable and are accusing Republicans of holding emergency aid for Ukraine hostage. Hawaii Democrat Maisie Hirano says that the Republicans' proposal would make the border crisis even worse. Pitting vulnerable groups against each other, Ukrainians fighting an unjust invasion, and asylum seekers fleeing persecution is a recipe for bad policymaking. Democrat, Democrats tried to tack on citizenship to dreamers to the Republicans' plan, but that was shot down. And with both sides not willing to budge, a border deal by Christmas seems more unlikely. Back here in Austin, today's city council will decide whether to put more money into housing, primarily for homeless people. The Pecan Gardens project is a city-funded conversion of the former Candlewood Suites Motel in northwest Austin. It's meant to serve as permanent supportive housing for more than 70 homeless, elderly, and disabled people. Council will talk about whether to extend its contract with Family Elder Care, the group helping with renovations, and give more than $2.6 million to help finish those renovations. Pecan Gardens is expected to open sometime in January. You know, also at the city council meeting today, they could be moving forward with the project for the Barton Springs Road Bridge, which needs to be replaced sooner rather than later. And it comes after a new engineering report found significant degradation. A new city memo says a full bridge replacement would be cheaper than rehabbing the bridge, which is degrading, which is nearly 100 years old. It could cost around $37 million. Construction could start as soon as 2026 if approved. Speaking of Barton Springs, why a new name for an iconic Austin spot may be in the future. A diplomat who consulted with presidents from Nixon to Bush has passed away. A look at the life of Henry Kissinger.
Good morning. Look at this in Lockhart. You are waking up to some nice rain starting to fall there and we're seeing various levels of rain or drizzle throughout Central Texas as you wake up on this Thursday morning. The controversial former diplomat Nobel Peace Prize winner Henry Kissinger has died. Kissinger served both presidents, Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford. He was the only person to be the White House National Security Advisor and Secretary of State at the same time. That gave him an unparalleled control over U.S. foreign policy. He's partially responsible for America's exit from the Vietnam War, which involved the heavy bombing of neighboring Cambodia and Laos. A cause of death has not been released, but he was 100 years old. Former President George W. Bush issued a statement saying, quote, I have long admired the man who fled the Nazis as a young boy from a Jewish family, then fought them in the United States Army. When he later became Secretary of State, his appointment as a former refugee said as much about his greatness as it did America's greatness. Victims of violent crimes still not getting the money they're owed. What is causing the delays and how it's impacting those victims? A convicted arsonist is going to prison. We're gonna talk about how long Franklin Seacrest is gonna be behind bars. Good morning, everybody. Look at that. We're taking a live look at our cameras all over Central Texas and everywhere we see. We have been looking at some rain out there. This is over at our Whittlesea camera in Granite Shoals. Nick is standing right behind us. He's going to give us an update on what your forecast is going to look like for the rest of the day. But definitely, wet start to your Thursday. Now, some in Austin are floating the idea of renaming Barton Springs, an Austin Parks and Rec Board working group meant to pick out a new name for the bathhouse that says the Barton name carries some baggage. Although not in the scope of the working group's uh, objective, uh, we are recommending based off of William Barton's known uh, ownership of enslaved people and given uh, Confederate monument resolution, re resolution passed by city council, we are recommending that uh, there be an effort to rename Barton Springs there would be several things that need to happen before that name change could happen, including getting the full Parks and Rec Board to recommend it. Then it would go to the City Council, which would have to vote to start the renaming process. The group did recommend some new names for the renovated bathhouse, and you can read up on those options right now online at KXAN.com. Check it out. The lights are working. <laughs> Organizers of the Trail of Lights flipped the switch a bit early to make sure that every bulb is working ahead of the holiday tradition. This year, the holiday display runs from December 8th through the 23rd. There is an admission fee, but there are several free nights that they have on the calendar. And because of the community's feedback, Organizers are expending, rather um, expanding shuttle services to help avoid any kind of traffic troubles. Many more nights now we're offering our shuttles uh, and we strongly encourage folks to utilize those. They're operated at Burger Stadium down south and out of Republic Square downtown. It's always the easiest way to get in and out of the Trail of Lights. U.S. News and World Report just named the Trail of Lights as one of the 25 best Christmas lights displays in the country. And KXAN's Brent Moreno will emcee the grand opening night on December the 8th. It's always the best feeling when you put up lights, especially when it comes to the Trail of Lights, <laughs> that when you put the switch on, that they all come on. The strategy is to test them before you put them on the tree. So you plug it in right away, yeah. and then you say, okay, yes, because there's nothing worse than looking up and saying, oh, we got 
problem. <laughs> I was doing these lights around my sidewalk and driveway, the kind you yes. stick into the ground, yeah. and I tested them all before I dragged them out to the driveway, then I plugged them in, and then there's one that's out, <laughs> and I've changed the bulb like three times, and it's still not it's working. It's not working? Oh, oh, you need an electrician, it sounds like. Maybe. <laughs> it sounds like a several hundred dollars. Sounds expensive. Job, right? <laughs> Let's take you outside here this morning. It is damp drizzly and showery. It's not exactly stormy, uh, but there is the potential for some storms later on today. For right now, you're looking at I-35 from our Rock and Dirt Yard camera in Buda, where we're at 58 degrees, and you can see 35 is wet. Give yourself a little extra time. Even though the rain's not that heavy, could still make things slippery and still slow down that commute. So we've got just periods of showers and drizzle around here this morning, but the potential exists for some storms later today. Uh, that dip in the jet stream, the trough that we showed you yesterday was moving through California. Well, now it's almost right on top of us, helping to generate these showers and, and drizzle around us here today. Uh, you can see as we take you into the future, just waves of showers and drizzle, mostly concentrated in the Austin metro and our eastern counties. But later this morning into the early afternoon, we'll be watching some of those showers in our eastern counties closely because there was the potential that uh, they could turn into storms and rotate and possibly develop a brief tornado. I think in the hill country, you're not going to be dealing with that wet of a day. Maybe a little drizzle this morning. Notice the sun comes out this afternoon. And I expect after 3 o'clock, we all dry out as our storm chances disappear, and so do our rain chances. Tonight, some brief clearing, and then low clouds come back briefly for tomorrow morning. And then a low shower chance, call it 10% tomorrow before the sun comes out for the afternoon. Not looking for much rain today. Call it less than a tenth of an inch. But we'll be focused on that three out of five severe weather threat for eastern Lee and Fayette counties, and that's where a brief tornado is most likely, say between the hours of 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. So your forecast today, a high of 73, thanks to that late day sun. Before that, just periods of showers and drizzle with that low severe weather risk. After the low shower chance tomorrow, we're back to dry. Pleasant weather over the next seven days. A lot of sunshine mixing with clouds. High temperatures in the upper 60s and low 70s. No big temperature changes ahead, but some cooler nights in the 40s. A year after KXN exposed high turnover at the Texas Attorney General's office, slowing the release of millions of dollars owed to victims of violent crimes, and two months after a new law went into effect, expanding eligibility spurred from our reporting, we've discovered problems still persist. KXN investigator Matt Grant has more on why victims and advocates say the state's staffing problems are causing survivors to suffer again. These days, Stephen Heller is riding high. Lucky, he says, to be alive. So this is your first time being back in the spot? Yeah, it's my first time back. It was at this Austin intersection where Heller was struck last New Year's Day. Luckily, everything ended up being okay, which is amazing. According to the police report, the driver was a convicted felon fleeing in a stolen car. I remember feeling the car going up into the air, seeing my bike flying away from me the other direction that I was going, and then just hitting the ground very hard. Heller suffered minor injuries, but was hit with around $3,000 in hospital bills. Texas's Crime Victims Compensation Fund agreed to pay for certain crime-related costs. That was the first time I ever heard of that specific fund. And I thought that was a really cool 
feature of our state. The fund, operated by the Attorney General's office, collects money in part from convicted criminals to help survivors of violent crimes. The program has awarded more than $70 million in previous years. Heller applied in March and was approved in June. But nearly six months later, and almost a year after his accident, he's yet to receive any money. It's getting to where my bills are final past due at this point. I've been having to make little payments myself on them just to avoid going to collections. In that time, records show the person who hit him was arrested, jailed, pleaded guilty, and was sent to state prison to begin a two-year sentence. It's pretty amazing that our judicial system is acting faster than what seems like a simple fund payout. It's an absolute lifeline. Some victim rights advocates tell KXAN they're also seeing survivors waiting longer for assistance the state promised needed to rebuild their lives. Donna Bloom is director of legal services for Domestic Violence and Rape Crisis Center near Dallas. It's been really difficult. It has slowed tremendously over the last several years, uh, and we are contending with wait times of up to four, five, six months in order to get eligibility decisions for our clients. Internal data we obtained reveals in July 2021, victims were waiting an average greater than 100 days for their first payment. That average had nearly doubled by this past July, a month after Heller was approved. When I called my case manager, every time it went to voicemail, and every time I left a voice message, I never got a call back. His frustrations documented in emails to police, with one advocate telling him in August, unfortunately, crime victims' compensation is way behind on processing claims due to staff shortage, and I honestly cannot give you a time frame for when you can expect payment. How do you feel that almost a year later, you still haven't received a dime? I feel pretty upset and annoyed because I've been contacting the police department and their offices, like basically nonstop several times per month and sometimes per week with little change or information about why things aren't happening. We asked the attorney general's office about increasing wait times for Heller and other crime victims. We have not heard back and tomorrow we'll tell you more about our efforts to get answers from the office. What we do know in last year's annual report, Attorney General Ken Paxton blamed staffing issues on quote COVID-19 and related economic challenges. Also tomorrow night, a former top official at this division inside the AG's office is speaking out for the first time about what she's seen as the reasons behind the wait. Matt Grant, KXAN Investigates. Matt, thank you. In September, a new law went into effect expanding eligibility to household members of the victims, increasing the amount of relocation compensation and lifting the cap on lost wages and bereavement leave for family members of murder victims. At the time, the agency told us that it was nearly fully staffed, thanks in part to across-the-board pay raises for all state employees. Okay, how about this? A squirrel knocked out power to roughly 4,000 Austin Energy customers yesterday. Uh -huh. Austin Energy says the animal came into contact with equipment on a transformer pole. That outage lasted about an hour. The agency adding that squirrels are the primary cause of power outages outside of severe weather. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. This year's Texas football team has a more determined mentality than years past, and that obviously starts at the top. But it needs willing participants to be effective. Noah Gross explains how that mentality has reached everyone on the roster up to this point. 
Texas has been consistent in their goal all season long to get to and win the Big 12 championship game. So much so that when they warm up here at DKR, they face the end zone that shows the list of all the conference and national championships in this program's history. To just get to Arlington shows the growth in this Texas program for their head coach, Steve Sarkeesian. He's also grown a lot in his time as head coach. We asked his players what's been the biggest difference in the Longhorns leader. He's been more engaged with us as players, you know, He's basically like a second dad to us, you know. I, I would call him dad, if you feel me. So he's basically like a second dad to us, and he's he's really engraved, like, the culture in this team. The interactions, I'd say, is probably the coolest thing. Uh, just seeing how comfortable he is now versus when he first got here and how he's, like, is really from a place of love, you can tell. He's a lot easier to connect with, I would say. He's around us a, a whole lot more, which is really cool to see. Um, you know, you can tell he really cares about you know, us as people, not just, um, you know, as players on the field. Offensive lineman Calvin Banks also noting the swagger that Coach Sarkeesian has with him now in his arsenal in his third year at the helm. He'll lead Texas into Arlington in their final game as a member of the Big 12. For now at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium, Noah Gross, KXAN News. No, thank you for those listening on the KXAN, KXAN Today podcast. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us on this Thursday. Here is what we are tracking at five, a Christmas celebration helping those experiencing homelessness here in Austin. What Mobile Loaves and Fishes is doing for its Village of Lights.